love that someone else was mentioning. Ames, don't forget to take your medicine. Yeah, I always tell them like, damn, I forgot to take my my ADHD medication. And so they have to remind me every day. Do you have to take it every day? Uh, I try to take it every day, especially when I have things like this or like I'm going to hang out with people and I want to be fully engaged. But so yeah, what, on days like Sundays where I'm not doing anything and I'm just at home, then no. So what is what is your ADHD experience? We're just getting um, into it because I am filled with it. So this is a fun topic. Yeah. Uh, I, it's a lot of like, oh, I feel like overwhelmed a lot. Mm, okay. Um, and then I, I can't keep track of my sentences sometimes, or I'll just go on tangents or I'll find myself not listening to people. And I feel really bad because I do really care about them. But then my mind is like, oh, there's 10 other things you want to think about. Um, and I don't get things done or when I do get things done, I'm hyper fixating on one thing and. That leads into 20 other things. Yeah. Is there any relationship? Because I know for me with conversation, I, I don't necessarily find myself checking out or becoming distracted as long as I'm entertained by whatever the person is talking about. Are you similar in that regard? Or could it be the most interesting conversation and still five seconds in you're thinking of everything else? I think if it's pretty, pretty interesting, I can stay engaged, but I'm like a child where it's like, it has to be a great story or something I'm really wanting to learn about or know about. And then like the person has to like be engaging because my mind will just wander. Are there uh, any, aimlessly. are there any, spe- <laughs> aimlessly, I see what you did there. Are there <laughs> any topics that you can even think of that, you know, this will get me engaged? Uh, when people bring up like what I do, like streaming, nice. gaming. And, um, I like, I like musical arts and music and things like that. Yeah. Say more about music. Say more about musical arts. Like, is that separate from music? I guess like things like musicals and really music in general and stuff like that. Yeah. How, when did you get into musicals? Have you always been into those? Well, I want to make it clear. I'm not like a giant Broadway fanatic. I just okay. love music. Okay. And so, uh, like, that's just stuff that I could, like, people are like, share playlists and give me their playlist. And we're talking about what songs mean to us and who's our favorite artist. And then musicals, just I bring it up only recently because we just got back from New York and we saw two of my favorite musicals and I was like, uh, I was on top of the world. What did you see? Uh, Chicago and Sweeney Todd. Dude, how was Sweeney Todd? That's. Oh. It was so good. <laughs> oh my it, gosh. It was so good. We okay, so the reason we were going to New York in the first place was to see it. Um because it's in season or whatever. And I wanted to go back to New York. And then I found out that Jordan Fisher it, was playing one of the main characters, Anthony. And I was like, oh my God, this is so perfect. Like, I know Jordan. He's you know, he owns complexity. I'm in complexity. Uh, he's been around the channel a bit too. He's such a sweetheart. No uh, way. Met him a couple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Met him. Uh, we went to dinner with like Ben and Sam, like Lupo. Yeah. Uh, and like he was there and I got to meet him and he's just the kindest soul. So I told them, I was like, hey, Michael and I are going to go to New York. We would love if you two came with us, Ben and Sam, and this is what we're doing. And then she was like, oh my God, yes, like Jordan is in it, whatever. So. We kind of planned our trip around like seeing Sweeney Todd and Jordan. Um, 
which was kind of sad because unfortunately, and health comes first, but he got sick. So he wasn't able to perform the night. No. The one night we went and saw it. Yeah. That's so, rough. It was, yeah. His understudy was still amazing. Very talented. We're sad that we didn't get to see Jordan. Uh, but overall, it was amazing. I Have you ever seen the movie Sweeney Todd? I've seen the show? pieces. Okay. Pieces. Uh, I think Josh Groban did great. Um, I, the actress that played Mrs. Lovett, her name is like Annalie, I think, or something like that. She was, I felt like she was the star of the whole show. She was so good and so talented. You just couldn't keep your eyes off of her. And I, the whole time I was just sitting there like, she's so good. This show is so good. She's so good. Like it was, it was amazing. How, oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I just pulled it up. I had no idea that Josh Groban. That's insane. Thinking of the fact that it started with Johnny Depp and now you have Josh Groban, that's that's a, tra- mm-hmm. uh, a trajectory I would not have predicted. Yeah, and and I I think I had a really hard time like watching not watching Josh Groban, but like <laughs> I <laughs> I grew up with, like Johnny Depp is Sweeney Todd. That's how I grew yeah. up, right? And so watching someone else take on that role even though it's like Broadway, so I always open my mind to like different stars and whatever. I wasn't in love with how he played it. I still think it was amazing and everyone loves him and loved it. Um, and I'm not taking away from his talent at all. He was incredible. But I think I had a really hard time. Like I wanted like a darker character, like like sul- sultry, I guess, like the way Johnny Depp is. Yeah. Groban seems, I don't want to say, he seems like too much of a goody good in a way. Like I don't want to, like there's, <laughs> there's like it, not that he's soft, but there's a certain edge that johnny depp has that when you say the name josh groban you don't feel that same i don't know it's like so nuanced that i can't really articulate it but yeah i i definitely agree that that's an interesting anyway josh you're doing great if you're hearing oh but he's still you nailed it you're great he he like everyone loves him and i thought he did amazing obviously i'm not capable to do anything that he's doing but i was just like i was like okay this is different but, this is different. But Annalie, Annalie Ashford? Ashford, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh my God, just incredible. Do you enjoy plays in the same way as musicals, or are you mostly on the musical side? Musical side. What got you into musicals in the first place? Uh, that's a good question. I, there, I like cheesy and romancy things. Nice. <laughs> uh, and like rom-coms. And of course I love music. So I, I think I first got into like Mary Poppins when I was a kid. Nice. And I, and I fell in love with all the songs and the music. And then I learned more about Broadway and I got really into Wicked and Mamma Mia. And nice. then it just kind of like steamrolled. I was like, well, let me try this one out. And then I was like, Sweetie Todd's amazing, and I was like, "Let me watch this one." I'm like, "Okay, Moulin Rouge." I'm a, I'm obsessed. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Would you watch the movies before going to the play? Like, was it the movie that inspired your desire to then go see it as a musical? Honestly, yeah. And I probably sound like a fake musical fan when I say that. Like, people are like, "Oh, you should watch the Broadway version or the live action version first. Blah, blah. But like, I, I, it was definitely the movies first. Nice. 
That's yeah. so, dude, musicals are so sick. And you mentioned Wicked. Mm-hmm. How long ago did you see that? I saw that in 2015 or 2014. Nice. And it was a long time ago, but it was incredible. One of the most incredible things I think I've ever seen was Wicked. Because that's, right. I've, I was lucky enough, my mom won, funny enough, tickets to the Tony Awards when I was, I think it was like 2014 or 2013. So we got to go and see a bunch of musicals. We got to go to the actual awards. We got to go to the dress rehearsal. And I had that same falling in love. I mean, granted, I feel very similar to you in that I can say that I enjoy musicals. I enjoy theater, but I don't necessarily go and pursue it that much. But it's so awesome when you're able to take some of it in. It's Mm -hmm. really freaking cool. Dude. Oh, my God. Do you have any plans to see more? Um, I want to see Moulin Rouge because that's my favorite movie in the whole wide world. So I want to see that on Broadway. Okay. Uh, I want to see Hamilton. I've heard incredible things. I actually know some of the songs from Hamilton, but I've never actually watched it. What? Yeah. I, okay. Cause I, I used to teach dance classes What? And I used to put on recitals. Yeah. Okay. This is awesome. Keep saying words. <laughs> okay. Uh, and one of the themes for our, our year was, Broadway and I was you know asking my older high school classes like what songs that they liked from Broadway to get ideas and they were like oh my god we have to do Hamilton it was just when it was released and I was like okay yeah I'll look into it and so I like grabbed some of the songs and used them in the recital and so I know like I know like every word to some of the songs but I've never actually watched it you know it's on Disney plus right I did not is it really yeah the Broadway version oh my god yeah it's amazing. I watched I've it multiple times. Yeah. yeah. I did not think that I would enjoy it in any way, shape, or form. But it was you, so good. Sorry. No, say words. Do you think that I would enjoy it more if I just wait until I see it live? I or don't, should I just like watch it? I feel like it's different for every person. You know some of the songs, so I feel as though, are you someone who is ruined by surprises? Like not, And not to say that there's anything surprising that happens, but just, are you the type of person that if you saw it, would it take away from an in-person experience? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I guess, like, I guess it just depends on how much of it I already know, like, how much I already know about it. Okay. Uh, and I feel like I, I mean, it's about Alexandra, Alexander Hamilton, right? And, like, yes. what he did. Yep. So I kind of, like, feel like I already get the gist of it, and I know some of the songs, so maybe I just watch it and then enjoy it in person. Yeah, there you go. And then if you, and the benefit is, if you watch it and you're like, oh, my gosh, this was great. I don't now need to spend $7,000 on a ticket to go and see it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I think it, I don't know. It's going to be cool. I guess, like, Watching Chicago and Mamma Mia and stuff like that didn't take away from watching it in person. There, so. I think those did you, and that might be different though because the it's not as though Hamilton is a it's not a movie that then was turned into Broadway. Like you are just watching the Broadway performance as like the movie is the Broadway performance, the filmed Broadway uh, performance, and then you would go and see it, and then obviously there's just no camera angles and you get to see everything. So that would yeah. really be the only distinguishing factor. But I mean, dude, it's it's good enough that I think it would give you even more of an appreciation when you saw it in person. Absolutely. It's that impressive. 
Now talk to me about dancing. Okay. Talk to me about childhood. Let's go back to childhood. What was little childhood? Ames like? What was, what were your interests? What were your passions? Did you always know you wanted to be an entertainer in front of a camera playing games for humans? Oh, what was my that? Gosh. Um, I was a little wild child. I liked to adventure and get dirty. I lived in the country, so like we I, we raised animals and swam in gross ass tanks and played in the back you know all that stuff um wait 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 go then, back to swim in tanks yeah so like you have tanks in your pastures and stuff like that for like the cows to drink out of they're disgusting and we had one behind our house and it was massive and there was a pier that you could fish off of for like i think bass or something and we would go swimming and my uncle would get really mad and he told us one time that we're gonna get leeches if we keep swimming in it which is i found out later was a lie he just didn't want to swim <laughs> <in it. laughs> nice i yeah okay i'm happy i asked because i have ne i've i grew up in the city so or like suburbs so i've never heard of swimming in a tank before okay carry on um yeah so i lived in the country and i grew up in a really small town um then my whole life, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I kind of wanted to be a teacher for a while. And I think I only wanted to be a teacher because I had so many people in my family and my mom was a teacher. Nice. So I was like, that sounds great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then I wanted to be a forensic scientist um, after getting really into NCIS in <laughs> high school. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, and then I was like, I'm not that smart. So, yes, you are. <laughs> I think I just hated school as a kid. So I was like, I, I wish, I wish I went. Okay, first off, I hate the small town that I grew up in, right? Yes. So I wish that I had gone to a better school, a better school system. Yeah. Because I think that's why I hated going to school was like the way they made it and the teachers that I had and things like that. I think if I had a better experience in a better school, I would have wanted. Because I like learning. Yeah. Um, I think I would have enjoyed it more. Were you playing but, any sports when you were in school? Yeah, I played a lot of soccer when I was younger, danced, and then I got really into softball, like was trying to go to college for softball, played on like private leagues and things like that. And I got really in my, I do this a lot. I start things and then I quit because I'm not the best at them. ADHD. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I fixate, right? Yep. I get really good at things. And then when I start realizing I am not the best, I'm like, oh, well, I don't want to do it anymore. So I did that with softball. It was really, really good. And I got to high school and I tried out sophomore year for varsity. And like three of my friends made it and I didn't. And I was like, well, I didn't make varsity. So I'm done. <laughs> Dang. Instead of just like sticking it out and working better. And my mom was so upset because she was like, I just put like 10 years of like stuff. Like, cause it was a long time that I was invested into softball and like all this money into lessons and private leagues and things like that. Um, but I got really, my passions yep. <laughs> went to other things and I fell in love with dancing, which was like the complete opposite. Uh, and then I, put all my effort and time into like getting better at dancing. What was it that got you into dancing? Cause I mean, softball to dancing is yeah. quite the pivot. I love, I think maybe the growing up liking musicals and then 
putting like a show on. It sounded so fun. And then I would watch like step up and I would watch dance competitions. Like, so you think you can dance and things like that. And I was like, I want to be able to be that talented. Um, and I guess I could just start by trying out for my high school dance team. And I did and I made it and I was like, well, if I can make this, then maybe I could make other things. And so I just kept working at it and it led to really, really cool opportunities. Was there any part of you, because you had mentioned in terms of like watching Step Up and stuff that you could see it and you could do it. Was there any part of you that wanted to be in the movie or did you just want to be as good of a dancer as they were? And that was what made you happy. Um... I feel like there's always been a little part of me that wanted to do something with entertainment. So like, I don't know if it was necessarily like working that hard to be able to be in a movie, but it was never like, Oh, I never want to be in a movie. It'd be cool. Mm. Maybe if that happened, but it wasn't like I was getting into the industry to be famous for it. Okay. That makes sense. So how, how long did you end up dancing for? Um, so I did about like three years when I was younger and then I danced for about eight years and I stopped like three years ago. What made you stop? Uh, (laughs) I think streaming. (laughs) Really? Yeah, because so I, I was on the dance team and then I graduated and I went to college and I was like, I really want to have my own dance team and I want to start, I want to have, my own like girls that I send to competitions and stuff like that. So I, uh, in order to do that for like a high school teacher, you know, yeah. you also had to get like a degree in something else. So you could teach like a subject and be a dance teacher. Uh, and I hated that because I didn't like going to school. So I thought to myself, why am I going to finally get out of high school to go to school, to get a degree, to go back to school? Yeah. And I was like, that just sounds, I'm just going to be in a school my whole life. It sounds awful. And so uh, I, I also didn't like the style of dance that was like the core style for the university I went to. They really focused on modern dancing and I didn't care for it. So um, I, I changed my degree and I changed it for a little bit to mass communication while I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, but I still wanted to do dance stuff. So that's when I got hired with the company to have my own little studio that I worked at just once or twice a week. And I got my girls for like an hour and I taught them as much as I could within that hour once a week. And then at the end of the year, it's like a school year's length. Okay. Um, we put on a recital and I like did the, I choreographed a, a disgusting I did this for like four years. I choreographed a disgusting amount of dances. Like, because if you think about it, I had like five or six classes per studio. And at one point I was working at three different studios. Um, They all had different recital themes. So I have five to six classes and each class had about two to three dances that they did for the recital. And then I had three studios. So if whoever wants to do the math on that, it was just ridiculous. That's like 45 dances. Yeah. And outfits I had to pick out, songs I had to plan, songs I had to cut and edit. Um, I had to have stage managers. And so I had to have like parents that helped and stuff like that. And we had to do um, fundraisers and we had to book venues. And yeah, it was a whole thing. I was like, 
I did some legit work before streaming. I was going to say, can you walk me through what, because I've always, I love dance. I've like, one of the biggest parts of my TikTok is uh, the royal, the royal family. And I just love everything. I forget what her name actually is. Who's the Wait, head of the whole the studio. Royal family? Oh my gosh. Yes. My, oh. my best friend from California, my ex roommate, he was a dancer. And so he put me on to all of her stuff and just would be sharing random dance videos. And it blows my mind how people are able to choreograph such like it's, it's, it's random, but it's so intentional and beautiful. How do you go about choreographing something like that? Oh, um, so it was not on as an intense scale as the royal family. Oh they're yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They're, you know, they're insane. They are the best. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I think I just, I think that's where I kind of like let just the creativity flow. I pulled a lot from people that I was inspired by. I pulled a lot from like ideas that they had, like, cause I love the Royal family. Yep. Um, I also love, there's a choreographer. Her name is Megan Sanit and she worked a lot for like a Calabasas high school. In, oh, okay. Yep. In California and her stuff, she had her own studio. I, I was very inspired by like her art, of dancing and so i pulled a lot from like her and i don't know you just get ideas a lot of like so you think dance a lot yeah. of TV shows a lot of youtube dance moms and then uh feeling inspired by that and then stuff that i learned in my courses while i was um in high school taking dance classes and uh post high school taking dance classes and college courses and things like that um and you so you pick a style and then you base the movement off the styles you have to learn how to count music and teach your girls how to count music and yeah so is, I, keep saying keep saying words yeah i don't know i don't know it i think it just like i i, don't, I never really thought about how i did it yeah i did it <laughs> so i mean is it you putting on a song and then you improvise and then you're like oh i love that movement let's put that there like how do you how do you remember oh. it, like that aspect of it? Yes. Okay. So a lot of times what I'll do first is I'll figure out what part of the song I want to actually be in the dance. Cause usually you only do like two minute, a minute to two minutes of dancing. Okay. Uh, you never do the whole like three minute song. Some people do. And sorry, You're good. I got distracted by chat. You're great. <laughs> um, and I would, a lot of the times write down like the counts for the music. So you play the music, your edited version, you count uh, every fourth four counts or something like that. So the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and you write a little slash and you do that for the intro, the bridge, the chorus, all that stuff. Um, and then you start, I started improvising a lot of the times. I was, had a really bad habit of choreographing to the music and not the beats. <laughs> Say but more about what does that mean? Um, so I liked lyricals because mm. you're dancing more to the actual like words of the song, the lyrics of yeah. the song, uh, and not so much the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, or the one, two, three, one, two, three. It's a yep. walt. Um, okay. So, uh, I, it, but it's really important that you have counts most of the time because when you're teaching your girls, 
you're like, okay, we're going to lean back on one and two, hold three, then you're going, going to, you know, splits to the four on four, you know, so that's how they memorize their routines. Um, so I would just kind of improvise and write down, okay, for this eighth count, I'm going to be doing this, all right, this, and then I would just practice it over and over until I learned it, and then I taught my girls. How long would it typically take you to put a whole choreography together that you're ready to teach? Um, for my babies, it was really easy because their songs were so short, and it, nice. was, <laughs> it was just like little movements, and they, you do a lot of repetition with them. Uh, but when it comes to like my high schoolers and my junior high girls that I worked with that, uh, have, you know, more experience, it, I would, <laughs> I gotta tell you something too after this, but it would take okay. like, it, sometimes if I did like a full song, probably anywhere between like an hour to two hours. Damn. Uh, yeah. Especially if you, you can get like, you know, how people get like writer's block. You can get oh yeah choreographer's block. Where you're just like, I don't know what the fuck to do right now. Um, and nothing's working. And then you got like, there's a lot of times I would want to incorporate things that I knew I could do. And then I would get there and some of my girls wouldn't know how to do that specific move. And so I was like, okay, how can we make it to where these five girls are doing a Russian, but these girls are doing a pirouette on the side because you have to, you know, change things up. And so what? then there's people doing different things at different times too, because yeah, I don't know. It's an ensemble. You know, like, yeah, like, you know, when you watch The Royal Family, they're not all doing the same thing all the time. Which stresses me out so much. That's why yeah. I'm like, how are you coming up with this? Especially with the fact that she has, I swear, 20 to freaking 40 dancers on there. Each chunk is doing something different at a different time. And it's all so, like, it, it just blows my mind. It's just so fascinating to watch. And yeah, so that's why I've, oh, I love dance. I was so close to joining Millennium Dance Academy when I was in LA, actually. I was really? so close. Yeah, I was so close to giving it a shot because oh, I like, I enjoy so cool. moving. I enjoy dancing. It's fun. It's so, it's so much fun. And uh, yeah, it was just, yeah, I just had too much going on. And I was like, all right, you can just move your body side to side. You don't have to learn how to properly do it. Everything's great. What, yeah. what, and I'd be curious to see if you use some of the similar things with your creativity now, but what would you, what are some of the things you would do if you can remember to get yourself out of those creative funks? Mm, I guess just like a lot of times I would, I would just like lay on the floor and play the song over and over and kind of just like imagine things that could be done. Uh, but do you mean like if I get like a, choreographer's block yeah um yeah uh, watching i think watching other dancers has always helped too like i said like youtubing um studios like you said the is it millennium i can never remember what's called. i want to say it's millennium yeah yeah like their stuff is so good um molly gray stuff uh what is his name oh there's another if i had like a hip-hop routine which i was so bad at hip-hop uh, um, what would you primarily do? You mentioned pirouette yeah. and that, so I'm assuming like more uh, yeah. ballet-ish, classical kind of stuff. Um, ballet mostly with my little girls because I wasn't trained in ballet, so I didn't feel as comfortable teaching the more intense ballet mm -hmm. stuff. Because mm -hmm. that, they're they take that so seriously, it's scary. I've, um, I've ended up somehow on a little bit of ballet TikTok as well. 
and watching yeah. these kids just do this. Imp- I'm just, how are your feet not breaking? And <laughs> it just blows my mind. Like no one is stronger than a ballet dancer. It's gross in the best possible way. Very intense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was not good at ballet, but I did a lot of jazz. I loved lyrical. Did some hip hop, especially when my high schooler, high school girls love watching stuff like the Royal Family and Matt Stefanina. I remembered his name. Um, and they're like, we want to do this. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll create a routine. And if it doesn't look good, we're not going to do it. So we, we didn't always go through with that. But yeah, <laughs> jazz, lyrical. Sometimes I would do modern, um, very basic modern. I did tap uh, with my younger girls. Because no again, tap can be very hard and I didn't feel well educated in it. So I just kept it simple with the basics with my, with my little kids. How uh, mind-numbing was it hearing little kids tapping off beat for hours and hours a day? <laughs> you have to have <laughs> you have to have a system, right? You have to set those rules from the beginning. Um, and and you know, I like to try to have fun with them. So in, when they first put on their tap shoes, I, I say, okay, get it all out, get all the jitters out, and they'll just like stomp around it's super loud for a little bit i'm like all right let's shake it out they're just like going crazy and then they're i'm like okay we're gonna calm down and i had a lot of oh my gosh you're like sending me back right now i'm thinking of all the things that i used to say to get kids attention and things like that um like what but, come on you can't you got to share with the class now <laughs> you, like i would go everybody freeze and then they would go <laughs> They would go like ice, and then they would hold still because they were frozen. They took it so seriously, and then they you have their attention. That's yeah. so precious. Or like the basic one where you're like waterfall, and so when you do waterfall, and they do their little fingers, and they go shh, and because they're shushing like waterfalls, then it shushes everyone. That's fantastic. Anyway, uh, <laughs> no, that's amazing. Yeah, I just try to keep them like their minds going and going and going. So there was never any downtime. But, you know, you always have that one kid that's like messing with another kid or trying to go talk to mom and things like that. So what was the most challenging aspect of all of that, of all of your dance teaching? I think giving them 110 percent because one year i had three studios and they by no means were close to one another so i had one on monday one on i think thursday and one on wednesday and i went to texas state university and where i was working each place was like the opposite direction from the town i was in for probably about the closest one was probably 30 minutes away Uh, One of the towns I was in was an hour and a half away. I got paid a lot to drive out there, but still. I was just about to ask. (laughs) I hope it was that. And then another one was an hour 15 away. So I got paid to travel, which was good. It got compensated for all that. But it took a lot out of me because I was taking college courses. I was a full-time student. uh, And and when I first started, I I was dancing. And so as full-time student in dance courses um, while trying to, you know, be successful in college and driving hours 
on the weekdays while also towards the end of the year you go out to those locations more because you're doing the dress rehearsal and the recital and the fundraising and the Christmas events and stuff like that. So I think giving, to answer your question, I think giving them full everything like that I could offer, um, I would be tired sometimes or, uh, you know, I would sometimes get there and I would have to be teaching a new routine. I'm like, we're going to make this up while, while we go which my high schoolers kind of liked. So we would just yeah. like choreograph together sometimes. Um, but yeah. And then you get attached to them. I had one location that I was at for three years and saying goodbye to them was really hard. Yeah. I mean, especially with the little kids, like that's just, mm-hmm. yeah. Cause I coached volleyball and that was the same. Like even at the end of the year, just you mm-hmm. have these bond with these little kids and it's just so precious cause they're, yeah, they're just little nuggets of adorableness and energy and excitement and the world hasn't slapped them across the face yet. So they're just joyful and it's, it's so much fun. You know, why am I emotional? <laughs> because it's like, it's an emotional thing to like you. Well, and to make you more emotional, I also would be interested to see if you have thought about that impact that you've had on them. Because that's an interesting thing, especially as you're feeling as though you're not giving them 110%. There's clearly a part of you that really gave a shit about those kids and loved those oh, kids. Yeah. So how did, how did you manage that? Like that you're doing so much. Did you have a social life? Did you uh, social life? Did you have a support system? Like what helped you through all of that? Cause that's a lot to take on. Um, uh, at the time, I oh, this is when I was also unmedicated. <laughs> um, I, we're gonna get to that. <laughs> <laughs> I it was a lot of chaotic energy, but I also just loved being busy, and, and so that like was nice. Uh, I lived with my best friend for majority of college, so I think that her and I doing things on the weekends and going and studying and stuff and doing things together was good. And then I also had Michael and my family. Um, so I just, I think just staying busy and make, you know, reminding myself that it's okay that I don't have to put all of my focus towards that whenever I Mm. don't have to, that makes sense. Yeah. You were kind of able to separate when you had to work and when you had to focus on the kids versus when you got to enjoy the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then (laughs) my crazy ass. So I, it's funny as we're talking about a lot about dance and it's making me, it's reminding me how like big of an impact it had on my life, but I've actually done more with like uh recreational administration, like summer camps and stuff like that. Uh, and so I would go from working with kids year round uh, and then I would stop. We would have our recital and then like two weeks later, I'd be going out to the summer camp I was working at all summer. And with what doing what? Would you be teaching dance or just overall like <laughs> mentorship? Um, so the first summer camp that I ever worked at was one I went to as a kid and I fucking loved it. Um, I loved it until the end, which we're not going to get into. It's some tea, but I can't spill okay. it on the internet because it will get sent to someone and I'll get some hate messages. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> tea's too but, hot for now. Yeah, tea's too hot. Uh, but I worked there for a while. I loved it so much. 
and I got to teach dan dance classes there too. Uh, we, we, you know, there's different, not subjects, but classes you would sign up for. The kids, the parents would sign their kids up for the summer. Uh, how do I explain this? I'm trying to get my thoughts. It's like you have um, a schedule that you go to as a camper every day, like classes at the summer camp. Does that yep. make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. And I, I ran like the dance program there for a while. I ran the cheer program because it, it was like the arts, I guess. Like an art final. camp, if you will, or like a fine no, arts camp or. It was like everything. It had sports, it had swimming, you know, it had oh, wow. dance, twirling, cheerleading. It had everything, but um, it's kind of like what would be considered a manager. I was a senior counselor. And each senior counselor had their own programs that they looked over. So I looked over the dance programs, the cheer programs, the twirling programs. And I think there was something else, but I can't remember. Oh, tumbling. I was so bad at it, but I taught it. <laughs> you seem to have taught a lot of things that you might not have, uh, should yeah. have taught. <laughs> yeah. Listen, when I get told, when I was told like, oh, you're going to be teaching tumbling. I went, I, and I always try to learn the basics, right? Uh, because I want to, and I learn as much as I can about it to properly teach it. But what was good is we never had anything that was like, if somebody was in the advanced tumbling, there's a reason they're in the van advanced tumbling because they know more than I do. So I didn't have to like teach them. If that makes sense. It was more just for them to tumble. So you would just do your thing, I talented just, kids who yeah. know more than me. Yeah. I'm like, do a round off back handspring. And they're like, okay. And they just go do it. I'm like, well, that was great. Meanwhile, you're struggling with a cartwheel. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So how how is now to kind of connect it more to streaming? How is gaming impacting or playing a part in your life at this point, if at all? Um, grew up kind of, you know, like I just always been in love with them. I first fell in love with gaming with i think it was in a, the atari nice. um my family had one and one night i caught my mom just alone in the living room and it was late and she's playing i don't even know what it was called it was similar to like i guess like a tetris like game where these little click clacky um square shaped things came down like a runway and they fell and you had to stack them i have no idea what it was called but her and i stayed up till like 1 a.m playing it because i walked into the living room i asked what she was doing and she's like oh i'm playing on this atari blah blah, blah. we just got it and we played oh chat saying it's called clacks and my dad came in and that was the first time i was like ever scolded for being up late playing a video game he's like what are y'all doing it's 1 a.m i was like that was so fun i want to do it again and then I had my, you know, my Game Boys that I played Pokemon on. I had the DSs. And then I got into Call of Duties when my brother did. And I just, like, it just was, like, one addiction to the next. Nice. When it came to video games. And then I found, I watched YouTube. I watched a lot of, like, Stone Mountain. Nice. Swifter. Um, Vanoss and his crew. And then I found Twitch where it was live. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. This is a whole new world. And then I watched a lot of Fortnite. Nice. And I was like, I could try this. And I tried it. And I, tried, I was like, okay, now how do I market myself to be different from other people? Because this is so saturated. And then I did that. And, and here we are. 
So how long ago was it that you decided to get into streaming and what was that differentiation that you decided to make or you wanted to make? Mm, like dif from... From others. What? Like how did you want to set yourself apart from the rest of the saturated streaming community? Oh yeah. So I started streaming, I think 2018 and I was really in a Fortnite. So I started with Fortnite, but then I was like, okay, I'm with, you know majority of the directory which was sitting at like one to five viewers yeah <laughs> and i was like this is not gonna work how do i how do i market myself better and then i tried switching it up with overwatch and i was like this is not as this is not any better really <laughs> um and so i i played a lot of just variety while trying to make tiktoks because then tiktok came out you know and making content on Twitter and things like that and to get me out on other platforms so that those platforms would bring people in rather than Twitch bringing people in because that's so hard to do. It's just to go live and be found. Um, so using the word of mouth of other platforms. And then I was like, okay, I need to find a game that is has great viewership overall in the category but it's not overly saturated like Fortnite and Valorant and things like that. Uh, but also needs to have more women creators like lacking in mm. that realm, right? You where I'm going with this? And yes. I, I watched a lot of um, Lupo. Nice. And I was like, Michael actually got me. Michael, I was watching Ben a little bit on Tarkov, but he was the one that was really watching him and summit play so he would always have summit or ben on and he was like you should really try this game and i was like i mean looking at the category and the, or the directory and i'm like there's not a lot of women and it has potential because there's big streamers streaming it so i full sent on tarkov i met some amazing friends and their communities were shared to me and um i think a lot of my tiktoks that i posted on twitter really popped off and got popular and got me noticed by bigger streamers which got me noticed by their viewers and then i grew from that and then lupo rated me one time which shot my viewership up even more and then i got partnered and then i was networking with a ton of different tarkov streamers i think networking is massive and we all became this like big happy little tarkov family and then I got to play with Ben and meet his friends. And then now they're my friends. And then, yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's such an awesome journey. And you, yeah. you went about it a very technical way. Was that, were those things that you just picked up on your own in terms of posting on multiple platforms in order to bring them to Twitch? Was that something that you heard from others? Was it something that you're just like, hmm, I wonder if I did this. Where, where did that come from because that's so mm -hmm. smart uh the posting on other platforms i don't remember specifically who had said it but it was a larger content creator okay i wanna say it was valkyrie nice I'm not 100 percent sure uh scheduling i think is very important when you're a newer streamer and i learned that from watching ben he gave a lot of tips on like have a consistent schedule and blah 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 and uh i don't know i i i think it comes from like when i 
was working at my summer camps and I was managing a summer camp or directing it. And you learn from like college courses and things like that, just like marketing. And I was in mass communication for a little bit. So I learned a little there and like, uh, I just kind of used all my knowledge that I had. And I was like, you know what? That sounds like deeper than it is, but <laughs> I was just like, I need to need to be different. You know? Yeah. And how do I do that? So I kind of just full sent, which is super out of my, like those TikToks I made were so out of my comfort zone. Why? I, I wasn't ever really the person to like post things like that. What, and unfortunately, I don't know specifically what type of content it was. So, like, what about it made you feel that it wasn't you or the type of content you would post? Um, I think it's because I never really was posting content I to try to, like, be famous. You know, that yeah. wasn't, like, necessarily the intention, but it was to get recognized. And so it was kind of something instead of just, like, posting shit posts, you know, yeah. whatever. I was like, oh, this could be kind of tactical where and so what i ended up doing was it was right when in the beginning of tiktok where voiceovers were really big mm -hmm. um and everybody was doing voiceovers of tv shows or popular memes and movies so i was like oh there's not a lot of content creators doing anything with gaming so i took audio clips from really really popular twitch moments or twitch streamers youtube streamers and I used their audio and did voiceover of like funny things that have happened with them and their channels and posted it to Twitter. And then I tagged them like, you know, for credit of their audio. Nice. And then they would see it, which at the time I thought was so far fetched that these people with millions of viewers would even see this small video. Yeah. But uh, I caught it, it. They just caught on. Lupo, I think, helped a lot with that. I am forever grateful for him and Sam, by the way. I tell them all the time. Oh, but, you've told uh, me multiple times. <laughs> I'm just like, they did a lot for me. Yeah. But I think that he he knew me from his community. So when I posted something and then it was getting good feedback, he would always retweet those videos. Nice. Like, no matter what, like he would just retweet them. And so then his friends would see them and then they liked him, like Tim the Tapman and Ninja and ray and pokimane and like things like that and so it just kind of like steamrolled and people really liked them so they would come into the channel and be like oh i found you through this voiceover you did of tim the Tatman." and i was like really and they're like yeah it's popping off on twitter like it was it that was a i never really talked about it but that was a very weird moment in my life yeah um i don't mean to be sad about it because it's amazing but i it was happening really fast um, and I didn't think it would be like that crazy. Yeah. And so when I had like my viewership spark and like go up and then I would have, I was gaining like, I think like 2000 followers per post on Twitter. Wow. Every time I posted these TikToks, like it kind of slowed down because I stopped doing it, which I regret. Um, but I would get, I was getting like all these followers and all these people coming into my chat. And I was like, this is so cool, like inspiring. But it was also like very overwhelming because I was thinking to myself, don't fuck this up. Yeah, that's <laughs> And fair. so I was like, this is my moment. Like, this is what I can grow from. And so I would like lose sleep at night or like get so excited about what was happening that I just, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. It, it was just anxiety. I would go to my day job that I was at for a while and think I'm wasting time being here, like where I yep. can be like home, making this better. Like 
oh, it was so, it was my mental health and then the pandemic. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it was, it was fucking crazy. But, um, and I'm not like a massive streamer by any means. Like, I mean, like you I've, are. <laughs> but like, I've Don't discount yourself. Thank you. <laughs> but like I've grown a lot since then and I'm, I'm very, very thankful for the position I've been in. And I think something that I'm the most proud of is like the community that I've made along the way and how much like I love them and how much I care about them. And they share with me like updates in their lives. And I try to keep track with them as much as possible. And yeah, I love them. That's so okay. precious. Don't take that to heart, Chad. Just chill out. Yeah, you guys aren't that cool. All right. Take you take it easy. Take it with a grain of salt. No, so how when you're how was the idea for that content born? Like how intentional was it? Would it be in terms of like because I'm always interested between people who live stream and then also create the specific type of content that you had mentioned. So was mm -hmm. it you having were you going into your stream thinking, I want to try and get this sort of clip with this other person's audio in mind? Or would you just stream and then clip stuff and then put it together after? Uh, wait, do you... Wait, I, you might not know what I meant by voiceovers. Nope, probably not. <laughs> Here, let, I'll, send you, I'll send you one okay. uh, that I did. They didn't do, the thing is, is they didn't do well on TikTok. So what I did, they weren't hitting the algorithm on TikTok. So instead of, I just bypassed that and just full sent and posted them on Twitter where I knew majority of streamers hang out. Nice. Um, but I'm scrolling and I'll send you one. But okay, it's, perfect. you know, like you have the, you have this audio on TikTok, like from a movie, right? Yep. And then people would literally just like act out those scenes as those people, like memorize. Oh, the words. yeah, 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 yeah. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did like you know Tim the Tapman's intro. Possibly that his, he used to his old one that he used to have. Who I was, like? I feel like I only know the girl? grenade one. Oh, so what is it? I don't know. Uh, yeah. There's he used to have like an intro that was is like a, his infamous Tatman intro that he played every day before going live, and I memorized the entire thing. I I had to cut it down for TikTok, but I like memorized the entire thing and then did those voiceovers, and then they did the people loved it. Interesting. So in a way, your live your the content that you were posting that was getting you popular almost wasn't related to what was happening on stream. Am I understanding that correctly? Correct. It was completely opposite from it. It was just to get noticed and hope that people would come in from those platforms and be like, hey, I saw this video. It was retweeted by so-and-so or I really liked it and I wanted to come in and show my love and say hi. That's so interesting. So how did you... That's so interesting because I feel so many people watch specific content and then might seek out the live stream hoping to see that specific content again. So was there any like was there any difficulty in having people come in was there any expectations you felt from others for what you had to do in your live stream or did you feel relatively free to just do what you wanted um i i think it was i don't i don't know i've never really asked them that i guess it was more so i it was it was during like 
right when TikTok was popular and right when Among Us was popular, right? I hate uh, that game. Just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> so like, I think it was such an interesting time that I I hit. Like I I remember. You go on TikTok now, you're going to see a ton of content creators, male or female, doing voiceovers and doing special TikToks that are only relevant to gaming. Yep. I feel like I threw myself into that. I was not seeing gaming TikToks, TikToks at all. And I was like, oh, I'm going to start doing that and be one of the first people to do it. And I think I was like one of the first people to ever do like those voiceovers and stuff. Um, and so it was more just this like, lucky period that i don't think people were coming in expecting to watch me make tiktoks yeah uh, they were just kind of like oh she was funny i want to go see what she's up to nice i sent you one on twitter you can watch it whenever that's like an old one and now so take keep in mind right this was like 2020 2021 or whatever like tiktok's changed so much and people gotten so much better at the art of tiktok so it's very basic content I mean, it's still, it's still creative. Like that's, yeah, it's still creative and it's still something that I'm just so impressed at that just vision that you had of just, oh, this is missing. I wonder if I could be this missing piece. And that like for, I was mind blown with the fact that you said you started streaming in 2018. I thought you had been doing this for so much longer. So the fact that this is all, I guess in the grand scheme of things, yeah, it's five years, but relatively new is really fucking impressive, dude. That's really Thank cool. You. What? Thank it, you. And as, as you're growing, you're mentioning your struggles with your mental. How are you dealing? Like, what are you doing to make sure that you don't go crazy? How are you taking care of yourself? If you are at all. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like, I dealt with a lot of, I always forget the word in chat to tell me, what is it called when you feel like you don't deserve something, but you, but you do, uh, I'll say it in a second, but imposter syndrome. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Deal with a lot of that where I'm, I'm like, do I deserve this? I don't feel like I deserve this. Or a lot of, in the beginning, when I really started seeing numbers grow, I was like, I'm only growing because these big streamers retweeted me and because lupo is my you know asking me to play video games with him like i didn't i don't feel self-made and then i had to teach myself like no you put in the work to get noticed by those content creators and that's how this industry works is getting noticed and and networking um and so it was a lot of ups and downs of like i don't feel like i deserve this or is this a secure job that I'm going to have? Uh, is there stability? What's next? And I think that this this job also can just take a toll on your mental health because oh, yeah. you're just dealing with people. And then um, you always have like hateful people that come in. And I have I had a guy like threatening to uh release all of our information in my hometown and threatened to release my mom's address and uh all my information from my high school and so <laughs> you know like there's things like that but and oh also over being over sexualized and being a female in the industry that was but something I, think, I was going to ask about <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I think how I've dealt with it all is I went through a lot of shit when I was a kid, a lot of trauma when I was a kid. So mm -hmm. I'm just like, now I'm like, this stuff is so minuscule. Like, I can deal with it. If I've dealt with stuff in the past, I can get through this. And not everybody has that experience. So like, and I understand that. But I think I just have a good support system of like my friends, my community, Michael, um, staying busy, having hobbies, learning that it's okay to play other games and learning that you can be true to yourself and people are still going to love you. I don't know, I, there's a lot of little lessons that I've learned along the way. And also when I deal with like shit lords and stuff like that, I think to myself like, oh, they're sad yeah, for whatever reason. And I start feeling bad for them. <laughs> uh, and I remind myself <laughs> that like I'm in a very, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to say the word blessed because I'm not really religious. That's but fair. For lack of better words, blessed position. Yeah. Of like streaming video games for a living and having amazing friends that I'm like, I don't care what this person's saying about me. I love that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think just staying busy, having hobbies, taking trips, doing stuff for you in the end. Yeah. Is, is, what I've used to get through it, but I struggle with, I still struggle with a lot of things, uh, health and mental health. Yeah. Um, that I just gotta like take care of, but <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> if you care to share what's something that you're struggling, like what's one of your bigger or biggest struggle that you're, that you're working on now. Um, right now I've noticed I'm, I've been traveling a lot and I've been really scared about like, is my viewership going to go down mm. or are the things that I'm doing going to help it go up? I haven't done anything creative in a long time to move on. Like, I'm always trying to be better and do better. And I'm kind of in a point where I just feel like I'm, uh, is plateau the word, yeah. you know, like just kind of like leveled out. And I'm like trying to figure out what I can do next to continue elevating my content and sticking out and being different and being continue to be successful because this you never know how long you're going to last and who's going to continue to watch you and who's going to continue to sponsor you. And that's terrifying. So trying to figure that out. Um, I oh gosh i feel like i'm talking to my therapist like a therapist <laughs> that's the goal no i'm kidding uh a lot of like it's gonna sound so sad i don't mean it to get sad, that's okay like, honestly this is a human experience so feel free to okay. feel however you'd like and share whatever you'd like uh dealing with like currently a lot of health issues where i am no longer in remission with my graves disease so i gotta go see my doctor i'm mm, sorry about that dude it's okay um, but I know it's something I can get control of and be fine. Uh, and then with streaming and, and this being self-employed, I feel like you're hanging out with people all day, but it also feels, can feel pretty lonely. I'm so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I miss out. I feel like a lot on time with like friends and family, especially with traveling and then, finding the perfect sweet spot to stream to get the most viewership or the best viewership will impact like 
time that's spent with Michael or even just Michael's work schedule being busy in general. So a lot of loneliness and trying to figure out what I can do to be entertained. I also fucking hate winter. I oh, get really? Yes, I get mad seasonal depression. I thrive in the summer. Are you an so, outdoorsy, hikey person? I'm like 50-50. I like to be okay. a DJ in the dark playing, you know, <laughs> Minecraft. And then also I love like hiking and going out on the lake and going down the river in a tube. So a little bit of both, but I just love the sun. It fuels me. And it's usually this time. Of, it's actually like always May that I feel like I get my spark back and I'm feeling re-inspired and working out. So like we're moving in like a week. Nice. So like a new apartment, a new setup, a new gym. Like I'm feeling great. Hell yeah. What yeah. spurred the move, if I may ask? Our lease is up. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, our lease is up and they bumped our rent like $500. Bro, every if you work <laughs> at a rental property, I'm just going to go ahead and say you f***ing suck and <laughs> stop raising our rent for no reason. Our income's not raising $500 a month. So why are you raising our rent? Thank you. End rant. <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, and I'm so sad because this apartment, like, I, I, so much has happened and I'm thankful. For, I'm so thankful for it because I, similar to how I'm hoping to feel when we move into our next one, I'm manifesting it. Um, I was so inspired to create new content and meet new people. And I felt like this is the apartment where I made so many new friends and was able to snag new sponsorships and complexity and my complexity announcement and so much has happened in this apartment yeah as well as like where we're at obviously can't say but it's so pretty yeah like when i look out my back windows it's just trees and oh. so i i in our, our our living room it's just like it's just set up perfectly to be like bright and green nice um so i am like sad because the location is just perfect and the apartment felt perfect but it's just one of those things where it's time to move on to the next chapter. Um, we're going to be in this new place for probably about six months and then move into hopefully a house. Nice. Wait, you said months? Yeah. You're going to be in the new place for months? Six months. Oh, damn. Oh, shit. So you guys are paying that excessive rent for the six-month lease as opposed to a year. Well, kind of. So, <laughs> well, Again, this is a very lucky position that we're in. Um, Michael works for a fancy residential building, uh, apartment complex thingy. So he's the problem. So he builds, <sighs> he builds beautiful apartments, right? Okay. Uh, his company does. And so we get a discount. So we're paying only, actually, I don't know if I sh could say. You don't have to. I mean, it's up okay. to you. I don't care. We're, we're not paying full price for it. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So we get a pretty hefty discount to live in like a, a semi luxury, I guess it is luxury ish, luxurious. <laughs> uh, it's a difficult word. It's okay. Luxurious. <laughs> um, yeah. But I'm very, I'm very happy. And we're actually going to be paying less than what we're paying right now. So. I would hope so. Yeah. That's so sick, dude. Congrats. Yeah, so, we're, so we're only doing it like it doesn't matter how long we do it for. 
uh, type thing. We just kind of told them baseline. We want to hopefully be out in six months, but they were like, you can stay for a year. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned when you were, before you went full-time streaming, you were working another job. So what, what did you have envisioned for your life before this all happened? Mm, I'm glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> so when I changed my major from dance, uh, like I went to mass communication for a semester, hated it. And then I loved working at my summer camps. And I was like, why, if I love this so much and I'm passionate about it, why don't I make this a career? So I changed my major to recreational administration. And I basically wanted to manage and run my own or run my own summer camp. Um, and like the ultimate goal was to buy property of my own and start my own, like build my own dorms and stuff like that, or buy property maybe that already has, you know, that's gone to waste or whatever. Yeah. And run my own summer camps and then rent out the facility in the off season for people to come for like business retreats and things like that. Um, and yeah, I, I really wanted to do that. I was a camp director for a summer camp in Florida for was it two years two years I think and I actually was supposed to I'm a little sad about it but also like other great things happened from it I was supposed to open up a new branch with her in Oregon what and yeah we were we were like mid process of scouting out locations and uh, I was going to run ha- for June, I was going to be in Florida for the camp. And then in July, I was going to be in Oregon and like running the show and kind of have like, she was going to split the business with me and stuff like that. And then the pandemic hit. So it slowed things down. Could I have summer camps? And I was working for, oh, I graduated. And I was like, I quite literally can't do anything with the degree that I want to do right now because a lot of it's working with people and we're quarantined so my grandparents they own a a company in san antonio and they needed people to do more office work and so i went and worked for them for about i think a year maybe a year and a half and i was streaming in the evenings when i could and then yeah as when i i told myself i will not stop my day job i will not quit my day job until for at least three months i'm making double what i'm making here nice and then that happened so then i took the leap and here we are so when did you officially go full-time uh when did i when did i go full-time that's a really good question you're like chat (laughs) when did i go full-time um i think i waited until i got partnered which my partner anniversary i think it's like february 21st and that was 2021 i think i went full-time in 2021 you're telling me you have accomplished all of this in essentially two years like of course the the work before before you're able to go full-time but like from full-time to here has been a little over two years yeah that's really impressive. Thank you. <laughs> That's really impressive. Thanks. I like, 
I, yeah, that like that. I, I, my brain is just shutting down for a second because that's really because I started in 2020. And I mean, comparison is the thief of joy, but obviously I'm no aims right now. But still, like the fact that you have yet. done all of the yes, I love that yet. The <laughs> fact that oh, 100 percent yet. Thank you for correcting me on that. The fact that yeah, you're that's so. That's so cool, man. And so I'm like stuck on that. Give me like two seconds. <laughs> yeah, very, I don't know, very thankful. I met some incredible people and uh, I like to hype up like my Tarkov friends that I met in the beginning too. And I miss, I need to play with them. Um, but like Miss Magpie and Baz and then of course meeting like the first time I played with Anne, I got a, a tummy ache. And it's really? so funny. It's so funny to think that now because I'm about to go have dinner with her in like three hours. That's <laughs> but, so. But yeah, the first time I played with Anne, I was like, I got so nervous that I got so sick to my stomach that I had to end stream. I just told them that I had a stomach bug. I was like, hey, girls, gotta go. Like, I'm not feeling well. I was just nervous. <laughs> So what? Okay. So then that's, this is the, thank you. That's the perfect segue. So what you, you did mention the imposter syndrome. So what was your journey to become, I mean, not even comfortable with where you belong, but like with those people, was it just continuing just essentially not giving up and eventually feeling comfortable? Yeah. I think pushing outside of my comfort zone and not shying away from the experience. Michael also like he is my grounding. He is so much more sane and reasonable and realistic than I am. So <laughs> nice. Like, I'd be like freaking out. And he's like, they're just people. They're yeah. Just like, they're, they're just like you. They've just been doing it longer. I'm like, yeah, but like, I just look up to them so much and I'm so nervous. And he's like, they don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and then now it's so funny because like I've had, which is so wild to me, but I think about those experiences and then it's not, but like when people are like, Hey, I, I was, I can't believe you talked to me. Like I was so nervous to play with you. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like why? You know? Yep. Uh, but, um, I think what's, <laughs> what's kind of funny is, um, I think the person that I looked up the most to in the industry is the person that I ended up becoming basically best friends with. Yeah. And so the one person I was the most nervous about is now the person I'm closest to. So it just makes meeting everybody else so easy. You That's, know? Yeah. And I have to like compliment you because you, you have been so welcoming and so kind. And even in Minecraft and Tarkov and even meeting both you and Lupo in Texas, it was just so, so great because you wouldn't expect that you are the person you are. Like you are such a real human being outside of this. Like that's, I don't think that anyone would think that you're a different person off stream than you are on. But just to tell everyone, like I have never felt so welcomed and just loved in a, by a group that I have not met before. Like you would not expect that these are some of the top people in the world at what they do like it's it's crazy and so yeah your your mental and your perspective and just the head that you have on your shoulders has been i don't know dude it's really cool it's really cool because you make i mean you made me feel so comfortable and just yeah that the your kindness radiates 
And so that's really, it's really, yeah, really cool and really comforting. So you're doing great. It's been perfect. You're make me cry. That's, oh you don't God. have to. It's okay. Um, <laughs> so, so now how does, how did the ADHD play into all of this? Oh, when God. let's go through that journey. Uh, I feel like it's just been like a lot of chaotic energy that I produce and being everywhere and so unorganized and feeling exhausted by the end of the day and not knowing why I felt exhausted. Um, and then I always thought I had it, but I never got diagnosed with it and I needed to know. So I set up an appointment with a therapist. How long ago was this? This was two-ish years ago. Okay, and you had suspected, like, when you say you thought you had it, was this since college? Was, was this since a youth? College, Okay. Yeah. What about it? I was kind of in it? denial about it in high school, like, maybe, and I was like, maybe, and then college, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I have this, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's a crutch for me, and then I, I, it was, like, after streaming and stuff, and my child was like, yeah, Ames, you're pretty 80s. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yes, dude. That's exactly how I found out I had it. Essentially, was chat. Yeah, that's so yeah. great. Okay, continue. Wait. By the way, were other so before, like in college, was anyone else bringing it up to you, or was it more of a you, like a I, your assessment of yourself? Um, I think my okay. I honestly had some shit friends for a little while that were like, "You don't listen, right?" Or um, yeah. you never. Like you show up late or you never respond, which I still struggle with a lot of this. Um, yeah, I was and, like, you're, you're attacking me as who I am right now. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, or like it was just more so it started. I, I always felt like I am not that having ADHD makes you dumb. That's not what I'm trying to say. But no. I felt felt dumb. Like I felt like I was making mistakes that I shouldn't be making. And like or that I knew better or that I could listen to people. Like, I, I like, I know I can listen to you. Why can I listen to you? And like, so, or just getting stuff done and staying focused. I would start cleaning my apartment and I would pick up laundry. And then I was like, I'd be like, oh, well, I kind of want to separate these. And then I separate them. And I'd be like, it'd be nice if I had a hamper to put these in that was separate. Let me get on Amazon. Oh, I forgot to buy this earlier. And then you're on Amazon buying 10 million other things. And then you're like, what was I doing? You're like, oh, I'm hungry. So you go to the fridge and you're like, I need to throw away this food. And so you're throwing away old, old food and you're like, well, I guess I should order the groceries since I just threw away old food. So you're ordering groceries and then you never put the fucking laundry in the washer. So. <laughs> and that all happened in a span of 30 minutes too. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. So it's just, I, I was like, I need, I want, to be better for myself and not that meds should make you feel better but you know sometimes they can help and i think it's okay to 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 admit that oh yeah to yourself and so that it's okay to be helped if you want it and you feel like you need it so i went to a therapist and i'm it was like an hour i i, I didn't ever go back to her because i found out she was more religious driven and yeah fair not for me not your no, journey not my oh journey. no not okay. my journey either yeah so um but she i'm telling her my life story and blah 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 blah. and i she was like okay remind me all of what you came in here to discuss and i was like oh like past trauma depression maybe anxiety um and then i was like oh and 
ADHD. And she's like, oh, yeah, you got that for sure. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. It was just funny that she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, ADHD. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) But, and then that's when I found out I was diagnosed with something that I've never really talked to chat about uh, that I've been trying to work on. And I don't mind talking about it if you don't mind. I don't mind. I'm an open, literally open book. So, yeah, if you're comfortable, I'd love to. We won't get super into it, but uh, that's when I found out I was diagnosed with, or I was diagnosed with um, OCD. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Uh, but, but not like an OCD. I, I wish I could remember exactly. I'm sure I could find the email. She said it was a specific type. Um, it's not like what everybody thinks, right? Where you're like the cleanest person in the world and everything is like perfectly organized and things like that. Mine is more so if I have envisioned something in my mind of how something's going to go and then it doesn't go that way, I get real, like I get anxiety from it or like really triggered by it. Um, or another one that is like a compulsive disorder. Well, obviously, cause it's OCD. Yeah. Um, but I do have one. I'm not going to share, but I do have one and I've been trying to work on it. And then also while trying to work on it, realize I don't have to work on it if it makes me comfortable and it's not hurting anybody. Yeah. So. I <laughs> feel, I, it's just, now I feel like I need to go back to my psych and ask if I have OCD because what you just described is literally what my moderators and I have to have like group chats about. Because if I envision that something is going to go some way and it doesn't, I am broken. I lose my shit. Everything might as well just be done. Like I might as well just go to sleep and start the day over. So Mm -hmm. I've had to intentionally be like, okay, what is my expectation going in? Oh, okay. Maybe you shouldn't make an expectation or maybe you should be prepared for X, Y, and Z. Like there's so much work I have to do Mm -hmm. to be prepared for a potentially different outcome that, yeah, that's really, really interesting. And I never would have really connected that to OCD. I just know for myself, it's just, I mean, I also know that I enjoy, I'd be curious if that's like an aspect of just control. Like I like to know, I love expectations. I love knowing how something is going to go. If I don't know how something is going to go, like I just can't. And so, Mm -hmm. oh, that's so interesting. Mm -hmm. And I have two different like variations of it. Like the compulsive one is a completely different thing that I have to that. Yeah. Um, Again, I don't know if I I, like part of me wants to share, but a part of me is also like, no, I don't I don't know if I'm ready. But uh, it's something else, a compulsive disorder, the compulsive part of it that I'm working on. But yeah. Yeah. And I mean, for I'm starting to recognize it more because I started feeling like shit because I felt like I was hurting the people around me. Um, where I was like, oh, I, I get upset that the plans have changed because usually I'm pretty easy going. Like if I don't make plans, I'm go with the flow. I love, I'm like, I'm a yes man. Let's jump into this. Absolutely. But if it's something that I had been sitting on for a while, like, I think this is going to go great like this and this and this, and then it doesn't, I feel bad. Like, okay. For instance, this is an example um I, I this is in no way their fault whatsoever but i planned our flights 
to get to New York the same time as Ben and Sam so that we could all ride in the Uber together and not have to pay double Uber fares for an hour Uber. Smart. And I, so in my mind, for a whole like month leading up to the trip, I'm getting excited that I get to ride in the car with my friends through New York. We get to listen to music and talk and catch up and I get to hug them in the airport. Like I do this. It's a fixate, right? I fixate on it. Yeah. And then we get there and Ben and Sam land and we land and we are in completely different buildings. Like you can't even get to the other terminal without getting a ride. Really? Um, yeah. So they had landed like 10 minutes before us. So they were like, oh, we're just going to go to the hotel and we'll meet y'all there. And I instantly was like, oh, I was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I got off the plane. And at first, my first thought was like, why couldn't we just figure out how to ride together? Right. Yeah. Like, we could have figured it out and saved so much money. And I'm like telling Michael and I'm like, uh, why are we in different buildings? Like what the, all the other airports connect? Why does this one not connect? And I went from being like almost crying from happiness on the plane. And now I'm like frustrated. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I'm like <sighs> shaking my leg and I'm telling him, I'm like, I, how did we not make this work? Like I've been planning for us to get here at the same time for this reason. We could have gotten here six hours earlier. And I stopped and I was like, this is, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm doing the thing. <laughs> and, I was, and I was like, we budgeted for this. We budgeted our money to be able, if something happened, to spend more money. Like, it's okay that this happened. We're going to see them in literally 30 minutes down the road. Like, it ended up not being terrible. You know, it yeah. was, and uh, we got there, we hung out with them and everything was fine. And I just had to like tell myself that it was okay. Like little things like that send me into, used to send me into like massive spirals and I would just be angry for like, or sad, not angry. I don't really get angry. I get like just depressed. Disappointed in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm like, I feel like I ruined people's experience or something. Or, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. And so you're thinking that because you're, you're upset that the the Uber didn't work out that you would then be a disappointment to them or let them down. Is that, am I understanding that aspect correctly? I guess just like everyone. Yeah. Interesting. Just, just like, Oh, like we could have saved money or I feel bad because they were waiting, not realizing that we were in a different building. So they waited for us for a little while when they could have been in their car sooner. And then I, I, I think it also was just like selfishly, like I can admit selfishly. I was just sad because I really wanted to hang out with, my friends in oh, the car. A car ride with friends is so much fun. Yeah, it's so like much fun. Going into New York City together. <laughs> so like, my, see, this is what I'm saying. Like, I get so excited over yeah. lots of things happening. And then when they don't happen, I'm like. <sighs> <laughs> this sucks. That's the obsession part of it. Oh, yeah. So. And then I have something uh, else. But. Uh, do you want to share? No. Oh, that the, the other part of the compulsive part. Yeah. Is that what you were alluding to? You don't have to yeah. share. Trust me. You don't have to. Um, <laughs> no, I'll if, keep if, that one to myself. Okay. Yeah. I love that. What for those, because of course I am uh, in the neurodivergency with you and it's see, you've mentioned that Michael is the more grounded one for those out there. And maybe it, it, if, if it's too, of course, don't get too specific if you don't like to, but how does he best support you in those moments? And what, how has that journey been for you too? Because that can be, 
yeah, anything that you're dealing with can always be so tricky to deal with a partner, but having a partner who's just there, who's willing to listen and try and understand and figure it out with you can be so beautiful. So what was that journey like for the two of you? Um, I am so in love with him. <laughs> I love that. Because he has just been my rock. Sorry, I'm just reading something real quick. All good. And messaged me about dinner tonight. I just want to make sure. Don't say the restaurant out loud. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but I am telling you, it sounds good for dinner. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry, I know we're podcasting. It's okay. I just had to make sure I wasn't Dude, like going ADHD. over time. Okay, it's, we're great. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I won't keep you for too much longer. So this can, no, this can tie it up. You're totally good. It's not, I just looked, it's not until like eight o'clock. So we're Oh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. You have uh, time. I have time. I was worried she's going to be like six o'clock and it's 4.30 and I'm like, uh, who um, the hell gets no. dinner at eight? People have bedtimes. She's from California. So I guess oh, like six she's visiting. Time. Yeah. Oh, I thought she lived there. Never mind. No, Continue. No, 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 Carry no. on. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. Um, yeah, no, he, he is my rock. Sometimes I get nervous that I'm too emotionally attached to him. Uh, and I recognize that, but luckily we're getting married and we're in love. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> Say more uh, about that because I know that that's a very common feeling. Yeah. I mean, he's just been my best friend since we were 17. So he's been through everything and he's seen past traumas and he's, uh, we've just lived it together and he's always been there. So he understands it. He's seen how I've grown from a kid into an adult. And, um, so he just knows every in and out of how my brain works and he recognizes it. And he's just somebody that will like put his 110% into helping me and making me feel good. Like if I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm having a panic attack, he's up like he's not just like rolling over like all right you're fine like yeah he is alert he's up he's holding me and telling you know he's walking me through it yeah i mean yesterday i was having a panic attack because i we've been traveling so much so i'm like all the things that i have to do are adding up and we have to be out of our apartment in two weeks and we didn't have a secure spot until today in the new apartment and so like he comes through the door and he's like sees that and he's like let's make a list Let's walk through it let's set dates like he just he's just so good for me and yeah. he he just gets it <laughs> um and i you know there's things that he struggles with too that i don't necessarily struggle with and i'm but i'm able i know how he works and what he needs when he's going through things to help him um i don't know so it's always been really it's been really good we're we're really good about being each other's support system and he is very open-minded if he's a progressive person like he's always willing to have his mind open to new things and he's i don't know i could go on about him i love yeah. that honestly yeah. like i love there's not there's very few things i like more than hearing people who love their partners because i think that that's so i mean i i don't know man i feel love can be tricky relationships can be tricky so if you find that person that allows you to just be yourself flaws freak weird awesome cry like all of that to just be able to be that and just to wake up and know that whatever form i'm in you will love me you will accept me you will take care of me like that's something that's like a next level relationship that i feel so many people don't get to experience and so when mm -hmm. i get to hear people that are that for each other and have that 
not only does it continue to give me hope, but it's just, it's just so beautiful, man. Like humans supporting Mm -hmm. humans is so awesome. And to have that be with the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with is that much more awesome. And so that's like, that's, that's just so great. How did you guys meet? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah. uh, So we went to the same high school, but uh, we actually didn't meet during the school year. He worked at a gas station that was outside of my, uh, right outside my neighborhood. So my like siblings and I would walk to the gas station or get, I was 16 at the time. So I'd get gas at the gas station. So we'd always see him working there. And uh, (laughs) one summer I was pumping gas and went inside, paid, left. And I got a message from him. He was in the grade above me. So he was going into his senior year. I was going into my junior year this summer. And um, he messaged me on Facebook. And he was like, uh, hey, there was a problem with, like, the pump that you were just at uh, in your car. If you don't mind, uh, I'm going to need your number to get it all sorted out. Which nice! Was, like, <laughs> his <laughs> way of, like, yeah. That was his way of like his pickup line or whatever. But then it, it was It makes zero sense. It makes, it makes no, no sense. sense at all. That's so good. And so but it gets better, right? So it started off with like so much risk. All right. It was so smooth. And but it didn't make sense, but it also like in my brain I was like, wait, okay, something could be wrong, right? Yeah. It was quickly followed by um, no need for your dad to come up here or anything. Everything is fine. And then, like, I didn't see that message for a little bit. And so, like, uh, time went by, and I guess he was, like, thinking about it, overthinking it, because I wasn't responding immediately. And he was like, actually, there's nothing wrong. I just wanted your number. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I just thought it was the cutest thing. And I'm such a simp for sappy, like, Oh, shit like that. you mentioned romantic movies like that's i'm the exact same oh uh, yeah i am the like i oh, have you ever seen easy a yes where she's like loves the other movie where the guy stands in the lawn with the radio the old yep. rom-com with the radio on the yeah on the grass yep on the grass yeah so i'm she's like me like i'm like that like michael i love flowers i love it when he opens the door for me which he does every time and so sometimes because i'm like women empowerment i'm like sometimes i'll go and open his door for him but he'll still go open my door for nice. me. Love, like the chivalry's not done. i'm such a little bitch for all that <laughs> dude it's the best like nothing yeah like just opening it, it and it's so simple and it's so easy but it's those little things because yeah i'm the same like you you don't need me to open your door we're it, we're at a time where you can definitely do something but i want to open your door i enjoy that that's fun for mm-hmm. me so that's that's so cool that's so and so it's been what 10 almost 10 um, years now so that was 2012 11 so, yeah. years dang that's awesome and i will say too i'm i'm also considering how much i know i've grown as a human being from when i was 17 meeting couples who have been together since high school or even earlier or even college blow my mind because the amount that, yeah, the amount that we change as human beings and our desires and our interests. And it's so the fact that you can have all of those things shift, but still have the desire to cultivate this connection with that one specific person, just because you know that whatever it is about that relationship is what you want. 
It's just so cool. Yeah, I'm such a hope. Mm-hmm. I love to take hopeful romantic. I'm yeah. such a hopeful romantic as well. <laughs> yeah, same. And, and yeah, he's been he's been great. I will say I I feel like a fraud a little bit because some people are like, y'all have been together for so long. We did break up for one year in college. That doesn't and he, count. And we always joke about it. We're like, we were on a break. Uh, <laughs> I was, I almost but, said it. Yeah. And, but what's so great is like, I feel like that was really good for us because it, I, oh God, he's almost too good. Like I'm reminiscing on all this. I'm like, God, he's too good. Um, I broke up with him. How dare you? <laughs> so I, and he was so patient. Okay. Get, get this. I'm going to pipe him up a little bit more. Okay. Um, I was like, I think I like women. <laughs> nice. So I was like, I felt like I needed to figure that out before I stayed committed with him. And I shared that with him that, you know, I had met a girl and she was making me feel sorts of ways. And I wanted to figure out if I like what I was not necessarily that you have to be anything yeah but just at the time i was like am i gay you know like, yeah. i was like no but i love michael so uh i was i just he let me he was like do what you gotta do go figure out what you want and like i told him like don't wait you know like yeah date who you want and figure out yourself too and what you want in life and i'm gonna figure out me and then like I dated some girls and like I I proud to admit I'm bisexual like nice. it was, yeah and and then time went on and I was like I really miss him and it just hasn't been the same since we stopped dating and I asked him to go on a date with me cuz I felt like that was the right thing to do like I broke up with you like so I wrote him a letter asked him to go back out on a date and this motherfucker. <laughs> so I, we're on our date and we're catching up. And I was like, so you dated, right? Like while we were broken up. Cause I didn't date any men. I just was like dating women. Yeah. But, uh, I was like, please tell me you went on some dates and you met some girls or you got around or something like, and he goes, no, I went on one date. And I was like, just one. It's like, Yeah. Went on one date. Uh, she was trying to get me to go home with her, but I ended up just dropping her off at her apartment. And I was like, "Well, did you did you kiss her?" <laughs> and he was, or like, "Did you do?" Or, or I was like, "Did you go in with her?" Like, and he's like, "No, I just dropped her off." And he goes, "I think I kissed her, but that was it." And she was upset with me because I wouldn't hook up with her. And I was like, "Okay, uh, but you did nothing else." He's <laughs> like, "No, I was just waiting for you." Oh my God, like, Michael! I love man? you. <laughs> I haven't even met you, and I'm in love with you. Oh my! <laughs> what the shit, I dude? Lost it. I was like, no one else. He's like, no. I just was. He's like, obviously, if it would have been years and years, but I'm almost crying. So, yeah, he's like, you're my favorite. I I just knew you would come back, or hoped you would come back. So, yeah. Oh yeah. my god! So yeah, so y'all didn't me. even, in a way, so y'all didn't really even maintain a friendship throughout that time. You like, you guys legitimately went like splitsies, did your own thing, and then just full like one hundred percent 
gone and then 100% back? It was pretty like, it was kind of cold turkey. Like, okay. Because I think it was still painful. Right? Oh, yeah. Especially like, I think about it now. I also, I have a lot of regrets, but at the same time, I don't. But initially, I, I used to be really regretful of it where I felt like a pile of shit, right? Because I'm like, you know, there's this guy who he means a lot to me and he cares a lot about me. But I need to figure out what's going on with myself. Yeah. And I think, which is super okay now that it, like reminiscing on it more of an adult, I'm like, that was completely okay. Um, but, you know, it still hurts. So it was kind of like a cold turkey. Like we needed not talk to each other. Um, and then it was off and on before we started getting back together. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of... <laughs> Like, oh, we're just friends. Right? When you guys first started dating again? Yeah. It was like, oh, we're, we could be friends <laughs> and other things. Yeah. And then it was like, no, I'm so fucking in love with you. Like, I want to go on a date date and, like, do this. I so. hate you so much. I'm so <laughs> envious right now. That's <laughs> so freaking adorable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, I love that so much. So kind of tying, wrapping it all up. What are you most, what are you most jazzed about in the, in the future besides your move? What are you most excited about with your content, with your life? What are you, yeah, just what, what's life looking like for Ames in these next few months or the near future? Um, move into the new apartment, hopefully next week and then be done with this one in two weeks. Nice. So a little bit of an overlap. Um, I am officially signing up for piano lessons. Nice. Something I did in high school and I said I wanted to learn this year. So I put it off too long and I figured now more than anything would be the time to get into it. So I looked at some places and I have a couple places in mind that I think I'm going to one I'm going to send on, but I haven't decided which one. And then, um, yeah, I love summer, so just summer activities. I hope I don't travel too much, but I am going to Alaska at the end of June. Damn. I'm really excited for that uh, with some other streamers. And then, yeah, TwitchCon. I want to start a cooking segment where because I want to learn how to cook. I'm terrible at it. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm decent at it. Like if I follow a recipe, it's going to be the best thing, but it's going to go exactly by the recipe, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I want to be able to just like just learn more about cooking. So either like sign up for like an online course or something, or maybe just even the internet has access to everything nowadays. So like watching YouTube videos and learning, and I want like to do it with my chat. So like instead nice. of it being like a cooking channel where the, like they think I know how to cook, it's more of like a I'm learning. If you want to learn along with me or cook with me or whatever, that's my goal when we move into the new place. That's awesome. And speaking of piano and cooking, have you checked out Masterclass? No. I would check that out. Masterclass.com. I forget how much it is a month, but there's literally classes taught by Gordon Ramsay and like it's it's incredible. I signed up for it for a little bit and then I just found myself being crappy at signing up uh, or mm -hmm. continuing classes, but it's like they have classes on meditation. Oh, you can save 35% off uh, for Mother's Day. But it's, huh. uh, yeah, food. Here we go. Gordon Ramsay teaches cooking. Someone else teaches vegetable techniques. Someone else teaches the art of at-home cooking. Uh, like, 
Yeah, then there's music, how to produce. By the way, I'm not sponsored by Masterclass, but if y'all are looking, what's up? Uh, yeah, some dude teaches the ukulele. Christina Aguilera teaches singing. Like, there's oh. so many things. Let's see if there's, there has to be someone who's teaching piano here. Let's see. Uh, wow, actually, shockingly, no. But yeah, music for film, drumming and percussion, creativity and songwriting, film scoring. Like, yeah, there's so many things and that's they have wow. uh food design and style art music business sports oh sports and gaming that's oh, new piano oh i didn't even realize that there's a jazz piano but specific but there's still piano yeah I think. maybe wow this is cool yeah so that i know that would be a uh, a hyper focus dream for you because you literally just go in what do i want to be really good at today and you'll be able to find it but then again, YouTube is free. So, yeah, I just wanted to offer that up to you. Because it's really fun. That's cool. Oh, that's right. Chow is so this is the website that Ninja does his masterclass on for streaming. That yeah. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. That's so cool, though. Okay, yeah. I will 1 million percent check this out before I full send on anything else. Yay. Cool. So, yeah, and then even that discount for the month. So, Boomtown. Uh, but yeah, dude, I got, I got nothing else. If you got anything amazing, otherwise I like, I can't thank you enough for this. This was so much fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate it. And I, I love, I absolutely love this. I love talking to Yay. you. You made it like, I don't know if you want like a review or like, I mean, dude, you review, just even but... already you saying it, I'm getting choked up. So like, just say whatever you would like to say. <laughs> You just made it so easy to talk about everything I'm passionate about. And I kind of, I did it without feeling hesitant. And I did it, I don't know, I just did it confidently, which is hard for me to do because I feel like when I talk about myself, it's boring and no one wants to hear it. But you just were so interested and intrigued and it made me want to go on and on about stuff I'm passionate about, which made me feel really good and emotional. And then you said really sweet things and I appreciate you. And I, I think that if you continue this and and you could have some amazing, I mean, I think you've already had some amazing creators a part of it, but this is a, this was really good. And I felt like my chat was engaged the whole time too, even though like we weren't talking necessarily to them specifically, Yeah. but it just was, it was so smooth. That was, that was two hours and it felt like 30 minutes, like it flew by. Thank you. I'm going to try to not cry. Um, <laughs> But like legitimately thank you because this I like this is what I've loved doing I've loved like I, I judge myself so much to an extent because it's like I had a, a first date that will not be a second date last night and it's like when I'm asking hey what do you like what do you enjoy what are your days I feel so many people are like yeah I don't you know you don't want to hear about that but it's like no I want to know I want to know what you love I want to know what's difficult in life like I like I don't know I like knowing the human aspect of humaning and mm -hmm. so yeah, I, I just thank you for being open about everything that you discussed as well. And that's, yeah, I love this. So that review, I, I don't, I don't think I can properly articulate what that really means to me because I love this. So, and I, I'm so jazzed to keep this going and to keep talking to people and figuring out all just what, what humans do in, in the creation space and even growing it to athletes or whomever the fuck wants to come on here and just talk about life. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. this is what this is something that I'm feeling I'm meant to do and want to continue doing. So I really, I truly yeah. thank you for that review. 
I'm t- that'll be the TikTok portion that I send to every person that I want to be on the on the podcast. <laughs> I can't tell you what it's Let's about, go. but I'll show you a review. And uh, I can't wait to talk. So, dude, I'm I mean, who knows if if in a few months, if you're down for a catch up just to see how life's going, I'm so down. And uh, yeah, more Minecraft and shenanigans soon as well. Absolutely. Dude, I appreciate you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you. Have a good day. You as well. Bye, stream. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.